one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello everyone, it is the build-up show, Liverpool, Arsenal, the Emirates, Wednesday night, and it is Liverpool's game in hand, at last, again, yeah, um, I'm Paul Mitchell, Ian Young and Ross Chandley join me for this one, Ross, yeah, here we go, this is what we've been waiting for, um, we're going to work on the assumption of course, because this is live on, on Monday lunchtime, City still to play. Uh, Crystal Palace Monday night. We're just going to work on the assumption, the fairly safe assumption, by the way, that the Man Palace City win. will, will yeah, oh. the, the, the <laughs> City will have comfortably beaten Crystal Palace, and therefore, if I'm look, if I'm right, which we all expect to be the case, then fine. Well, the, the discussion is fine. If I'm wrong and Palace managed to get something, then all the people watching and listening after the fact can sit there with a great smug sense of satisfaction, knowing that me taking this quite. You know, calmly and being a bit, you know, a bit sort of downbeat about it all. Um, you know, was all for, was all for North, but no, we'll work on the assumption that that City it, that it's that it's six points and Liverpool are playing for it to be three. Yeah, but now you've dangled that in front of me that Crystal Palace might get something, Paul. That's the opportunity that we're all we're all waiting and, and hoping for because yeah. that opportunity's got to come at some point where we go. Or actually, we are level on points. Yeah, yeah, I, but, I but, but to go, the but, point. But, but, but to the point, we can't. There's no point. There's no point thinking oh, that no, way because yeah. you just that that there that pathway leads to madness. If you're expecting a team of like Crystal Palace, and they, they are capable, but if you're expecting that, yeah. don't expect. One of my points in general is just don't expect Man City to give Liverpool any favors. Yeah, yeah. If Liverpool are going to win the title this season, it is going to be the most incredibly hard fought, nail biting. Yeah end of season last kick of the ball kind of thing and that's the best way to yeah. think about it same reason I don't set myself targets because then I can never fail it's all good yeah it's um, yeah, I think Chris referred reference it to pressure tennis you know and that was one of the good things about the weekend of you know Liverpool playing first early kick off against Brighton get your points don't worry about the performance just get your points on the board and then apply the pressure to Man City because we're in that, that phase again I think we missed it last season obviously the, season, the title was done this time last season, but we're going back to the thing of like, we play, you play, we play, you play. Yeah. What, what's going to happen? But this is the one where, because it's the game in hand, <clears throat> we're getting to that point of the season now, which is which has been annoying me, where a certain teams are starting to get back on the same gauge played and you can gauge the season properly of what's going on. But, you know, you can only only do that if, if we win this game. Yeah. We're back to the same situation again. Exactly. Yeah. And and that that's it, isn't it, isn't it Ian? Is that... Man City will probably drop points at some point between now and the end of the season, but equally Liverpool will probably drop points at, at some point. And it's about this is we're playing for opportunity, and Klopp is quite keen to downplay the whole title race thing. And look, Liverpool are in the title race, but because we're still coming back from that ridiculous gap that we had at the you know at the turn of the year, I understand that mentality, and that's the right mentality to have. Is that Liverpool are playing for the right to be in a title race because let's be honest, if we don't win our game in hand and it's it was to, it was to stay six points, you can't see City dropping. You can't see City losing a cup. You know, two games that's a, that becomes a, an exponentially bigger ask. The more you're asking for them to drop points, so Liverpool need to get get back into the habit of just just winning, and that's what they played for at the weekend at Brighton. They played to make this game matter. And now they've now, great, this is the game in hand. We've been talking about the game in hand in ages. They've now got to go out there and win the game in hand. Yeah. I think if Liverpool and City had been neck and neck all season, we wouldn't be as positive that we are about getting them winning that title. I think mm. the fact that we were so far behind and the turnaround has been so massive has put a lot of positivity on it. Um, 
it's just we just got to make sure we're winning our games and getting our points. As long as we're doing that and treating every game like a fuck uh, as a cup final of the season, when the end of the, when the medals are handed out at the end of the season, we can say there wasn't much more we could do yeah. from a certain point, and that's the way Liverpool have got to do it. Um, I think. I, st- I still think points are going to be dropped on both sides. I can't see Liverpool going the whole way without dropping points and I certainly can't see City without doing it. And I think Palace, similar to Spurs, play a game that sometimes can... Af- not af- the You can get at City, I think. The mm-hmm. way they play the game with Zaha and players like that. Sp- City leave a lot of spaces and the wide areas yeah. at the back. And I think Crystal Palace, similar to... Spurs, even though they're not as good, can create things down there. Yeah, look, Liverpool's mission here, Ross, is is simple. It's been this now for for weeks on end. Brighton's out the way. Arsenal's midweek. We then got an FA Cup quarter final, which is its own beast. I think massively yeah. because it's because it's Forest and it's a Championship team. It's then Watford, and then we've got Man City. Obviously, when we come back from the the international break, yeah. and that that should be the focus. Is all that again? City just need to get sacked off out of people's sort of mindset for a while and just think about that you know it, it's because we, we've had this conversation of got it you know it's in our hands we've got to get to the I mean, look Liverpool have still got to get to the have still got to get to the Etihad and actually win yeah, at, yeah. at that point but that's what Liverpool have got sort of pinned up on the dressing room wall I would imagine of cities there it's, it's like it's Ian's point about cup finals that's the cup final these are all like qualifying rounds for that and then actually it's mad because you can go and beat City and then you still got to go and win another 10 games or whatever after, yeah. after the fact so yeah this is and this is why it feels on a knife edge and this is why I actually don't, I'm not don't, I don't think this season's weirdly less enjoyable because of the the mad stress that's on every single football match matters it, it is mad stress but it's mad stress that I think if you phrase it like that four or five seasons ago we weren't in the title race that this is what comes with it and yeah. this is what we all wanted and this is one of the things that we have to go through you know, talk about first world problems if you know you're 100%. second on, 60, on 66 points it's interesting actually there's 10 games left and 30 points to play for that's actually quite a lot you know that's almost just under a third of, of the points that we've accrued so far if you finish the season on 96 points if we were to come in all 10 by the way mm-hmm. that's that's absolutely fucking mental. You don't win. It's one of those okay hard lines. The other team was just better. It's annoying if Man City finished on ninety nine points. But to your point there, and I think I think Jurgen's been keen to to say this. If uh, we as fans, or certainly the press, do it as well, stop counting games like we've won them already, mm-hmm. because it's 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 a it's a pointless mindset of going in thinking okay, sound in three weeks time, as you're saying there, well, yeah. that, that City game, it's it's all on that. Yeah. Well, it's not. It, it's a cup final, but it's not a cup. If we lose tomorrow, it's not a cup final. Exactly, exactly, and that's kind of what I'm driving at there, Ian. Is that you play you're playing for the right? Each and every one of these games has its own singular importance, and but if but the the all. Or the, would they add up to something bigger than the sum of the parts? But that's the thing about this is we we do, we could, we run the risk of doing our own heads in by a watching spending too much time looking at Manchester City, but b for us looking a little too far down the line. Arsenal are sneakily really good, and I'm not sure how, how where this happened because I haven't paid attention really to anything below second in the league for about what, two, two or three. No, absolutely <laughs> for a couple of months now, and so you you realise that there's a percentage of your life online as a football fan that's filled up with like being privy to banter and Arsenal are the ultimate have been the ultimate banter club, and that's not because they deserve to be. It's just because. They're in, they exist in London, and and you've got uh, Chelsea fans, and you've got you know, Tottenham have had a have had a better time in the last five years than them largely, and the X amount of, and you've got a bunch of United fans that live down in London, and Liverpool fans. So Arsenal Arsenal become the brunt of the the brunt of the joke, and it's mad how you just it's like walking out of a really noisy room, and then you go, oh, it's, oh I've just noticed how quiet it is, and it's like why is it so quiet on the football landscape? Well, it's quiet because Arsenal are fourth and Arsenal are quite capable of comfortably finishing fourth. Um, and that should be something that we need to be a bit wary of is that the, the banter era of Arsenal, I think, is over. I think they're back to being a, a, a really good competitive football team. They're definitely in a very good progression. Um, I think the game on Wednesday night will come down to who is more clinical. I think I think both teams will concede chances. Um and it's 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 gonna come down to the strikers, isn't it? And as far as I'm concerned, up top, I think I think we beat them. Yeah, I think definitely we've got the best players, but it's just whether our players are clinical on the evening because we 
without a doubt, each team will have about six or seven good chances, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's down to who takes them. Well, what's interesting on that, Andrew Beasley tweeted this at the weekend. Um, two of the Premier League's most informed teams meet on Wednesday. He's gone back the last five, well, last six. If you go back the last five, it's just win, 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 win the whole, the whole way for both teams. Take it back to six, Liverpool. 18 points from those six games. Chelsea and Arsenal, 16 points from those games. So you're talking about yeah, two, two of the three informed sides. They are. They, it feels like they've rooted out, finally, most of the problems in that squad, but were maybe undermining Arteta a bit, and he's managed to get a bit more of his personality into the side. What he's trying to do it feels like they've finally got a bit of uptake on that. It's very reminds me a little bit of Brendan Rodgers, where... He, I don't know that he's great at working with established stars, but he's clearly got a, a gift for, for you know coaching and, and, and tactics or whatever. And having some, ba- it's easier to get buy-in from their young players, and you can see it now. Martinelli's back and actually you know back in fitness and, and, and certainly in form. Saka's just a, a, an absolute wonder kid. You've then got you know Odegaard. Finally, you know, I, I think it's been a trickier season for him, but Emil Smith Rowe's been there probably been their best player this season, etc. etc. They've got a feels like they've got a really good balance. And yeah, they are far more of a threat than they've probably been in a in a in a good old while. Yeah, yeah. They, they, a while if you about a couple of months ago you would have nailed this down as a win. That's that that's where the other one, yeah, we'll, we'll win that game. And now there's a bit more precaution over it, a bit more listen, we need someone to go in there and we need to do the job professionally. We need to make sure we're not giving them chances because they can hit Arsenal can hit, yeah. They've got mm-hmm. some class players there. And I think and I think that's something that's gone under the radar a little bit as well as over the last couple of seasons because they did the players didn't necessarily hit the ground walk uh, running. The the signings they made have been really good. Older guards are really good signing. Parties coming to the party now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they've the, got a goalkeeper who saves things. Yeah, well, mm. he's 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 like pick for desk, I think, at times. But I I think he's he was one of them signers that when it was made, it was like, oh, what are they doing there? Yeah. But they've been totally proved right in that sign. And yeah. I think they're a good team now. And it'd be interesting to see what happens with Arsenal next season if they get into the top four and they've got European football. What they are, Ross, is stable. And I think that battle, I think important battles in the Premier League are won by stability sometimes. you know, And, and unfortunately... If you've got a team that's got all the best things going for them, plus stability, they'll win everything, which is why City largely clean up in the in the Premier League under under Guardiola. But sometimes you can see that happen where like Leicester capitalise and, and win in the league, Liverpool coming second in 13-14. You, you capitalise on instability of football clubs around you. I think West Ham have been doing a great job of that this year. But actually, the reason why West Ham is starting to, will start to fade is I don't think they've got the quality in the you know of, of player in their squad ultimately, whereas Arsenal have got it's Man United have probably got better individual players, yeah. but they're an absolute basket case of a club at the moment. They've got Moise as a, as a good manager. They finally found a decent equilibrium. They've got some good players, but Arsenal, if Arsenal managed to find if they've got a good manager and they found stability with good players, yeah. any little deficiencies like for example they haven't got, I don't think they've got. They've got seasoned match winners enough in their side. Lacazette comes to go with the penalty at the weekend, of course. But that might be the only thing that undoes them. They haven't got a Ronaldo, is kind of what I'm driving at with yeah. this. But you look at it now, they've got three games in hand over Manchester United and West Ham, on fi- and they're on 51 points. Yeah. If they were all three, they'd be, they'd be third, which, yeah. is, which is mental to think about. Yeah. I, and I've been pretty consistent with Arsenal and Arteta this season. We spoke about them a lot on, on the Around the League show. I think he deserves a bit more credit, and I don't think. Either as outside fans or maybe Arsenal fans at times, when you're talking about that banter here and what, what they've kind of gone through, they're on a progression, they're on a path, and that's why they've gone with Arteta. It takes time. So I think we all laugh when they lose at Brentford to the first game home of the season, going, oh, it's, it's Arsenal, blah, blah, blah. But you're talking about the players that they brought in, the amount of dross that they've got, got rid of yeah, in, in exactly, that side, yeah. the overturn of staff, you compare it to you know any job that you've had, if you get rid of four or five members of staff and you bring five new ones in, yeah. it's hard. And not only that, say so you had... Are you trying to discourage me from uh, having a cleaning of house here? But, uh, <laughs> it's so hard. It's not even worth your time. I wouldn't, also, I wouldn't actually no, bother. I was thinking about, thinking about your past yeah. career rather, rather than this one. Um, but now I'm just 
regret and talk about the conversation. <laughs> but also, if you think about having, you, you have experienced players within that thing that you're saying that they're lacking at the minute, and then you bring kids in, it's then even harder. And then when you have egos like Mesut Ozil in there in that situation, are you even managed to deal with that? Then it happened with Aubameyang. You try to not only set what you're trying to do on the pitch, but also with the leadership qualities of going, I'm not fucking putting up with that. Yeah. You, can't, you can't behave like that in this club. And any young lads want to behave like that, you'll be gone because I'm not playing for you. This is all stepping stones and it takes time. So I actually think they're quite far ahead of, of where they should be, but I also think they're quite lucky in the sense that like, Man United are a bit crap yeah. and West Ham will fall off. Exactly. They're, they're taking advantage of that. Exactly. And, that, that, and that's the thing about it for now. I mean, it's mad. It's, it was 2017, the last time Arsenal were in the Champions League. And this, this is a pretty decent full circle. And it's funny because you could argue if you're, if, you're a neg- if you're looking to create negativity around Arsenal, you go, that's a lot of time and money expended to effectively just return to the Arsenal Benguet era of we finished fourth isn't that great but yeah I genuinely feel like that you're right that the summer coming is going to be a big one for them because United aren't going to be a, be a basket case for long they'll eventually get it right because they've got enough money to, yeah. to throw at it Chelsea might slip down a bit but they're only going to slip down into the bracket of maybe they slip into a they're fighting for fourth as opposed or to administration well yeah you know but like that you know in, in an ideal world <laughs> but like but more but more of you know it, you'd be, it'd be mad if they just completely vanished off the you know out of that out of that sort of equation and there's other clubs who are hungry and looking to push them push them underneath as well so what they do next but I mean, I'm sure for Arsenal fans they, they'll be absolutely buzzing because it must be exhausting just like you know like that what they've been through and that Every time it's a couple, it's three or three bad results. It's like the immediate, you pull out like uh, everything's the everything's <laughs> fucked. Push the nuclear button every time it's not quite right for a few weeks. So, but, but go back like to what, what we went through Middlesbrough, you know, and Genie scoring that goal. Like we were so relieved to get top four football, and then and talk about stepping stones. What does that bring? Well, you stop my United getting Champions League football. Mm-hmm. And you just, that's that's even. Yeah. I know they still got that big club pulling. They'll yes. throw money at the problem, which is it was another issue. But have Arsenal gone from no European football to Champions League football? What's that monetary value? What yeah. what attraction does that bring in to say the final piece is actually Arsenal are further ahead of their of their rebuild than Manchester United and yeah. no one's got onto that because Man United went ERA's Cristiano Ronaldo, everyone go and do shout to in the car park and, and, and everything will be fine. Um but that's the thing, isn't it? Ian? Is that yeah, I, I agree with what Ross is saying. If, if Arsenal get into the top four, they they've they're able to attract those players without having to pay stupid money. They're not having to like go, I'm really sorry, we're not gonna offer you what you want and your ambitions. Here's loads of dough to plug the gap. Because Arsenal have actually have been there. We've just mentioned all those names. They're actually finally shut of all the lads who want to play for Arsenal because they're getting paid lots of money first. Man United are chock full of them. So yeah, I mean and look that's the one downside to this game. Our ambitions need to come far beyond any of these things. These are these are side stories. Arsenal have got these games in hand. Hopefully, when you're a top four challenging side, you don't tend to win games in hand. You tend to drop points. God knows Liverpool have been there, and we need to make sure that if Arsenal are on this mission to rebuild themselves, they can pick it up again next week. Being in the, being fighting for top four in this league is like no mean feat. When you look at the teams that are in there, when you look at your Uniteds and your Chelsea's, your Liverpool's, your Cities, your Arsenal's and stuff like that. So that that that, that doesn't make you a banter club. I think when Arsene Wenger was there, it's a case of you've got to be careful what you ask for because there was a lot of Arsenal fans wanting Arsene Wenger out. Yeah, when the grass getting, is always greener. Getting, getting a top four every single season. And when he went, it was like they had to restart completely from scratch and build it back up. Um, Arteta's done absolutely brilliant doing doing that, I think. And just mentioning what Ross has just mentioned there about Obama Yang, that looks like an absolute masterstroke now. When Obama Yang was let go in January, there's a lot of people questioning that, going, well, where do you want to get the goals from? Yeah. What are they going to do? And I think Obama Yang going has affected the squad positively. They seem to be a little bit more together. It's and- very. Lacazette stepped up, hasn't he? Yeah, and, and it, but it's very actually Klopp Liverpool management yeah. to say, you know what, yeah theoretically we're undercutting ourselves for half a season and it might actually limit our ambition but the benefits it's going to give to That's squad harmony picture, yeah. and building towards it. we're not managing for one season he's managing for two, three, four and so on yeah it's a good move right listen we need to, we need to put an end to this Arsenal wank fest um, <laughs> but the, um, but the, um, we've only lost once at the Emirates under Klopp which I thought was quite interesting because I have this notion of the Emirates being a really like a bit of a bogey ground and we don't do very well there the only time we've lost there under Klopp was after restart was you know, like we lost everything. Well, no, but exactly, yeah. like everything, yeah. everything sort of fell apart once we had the, once we had the title sewn up and all that kind of thing. But um, no, I, that was a note of encouragement as far as I'm concerned. Hey, right, we're going to be talking about what Liverpool are going to do. 
uh, and how they're going to do it and who they're going to do it with in, in a bit. And just want to draw attention if you want to know a little bit more about Arsenal. I'll, I will be probably slightly less nicer than I've been about them in his presence, but I'm talking to uh, Robbie, old Don Robbie from Arsenal Fan TV uh, on the Oppo preview stream and on Redmen Plus this evening. I think it's about five o'clock-ish. I think I'm doing that one. Uh, but it'll be available after the fact in podcast uh, and in video form over on there as well. So if you want to go and check that out, then do go and sign up for Redmen Plus. Right, uh, trivia question. How many times has Alexander Lacazette played against Liverpool? How many goals has he scored and how many games has he won? Uh, I'm going to answer that for you momentarily. Uh, but our sponsor on the Unboot today is uh, Threads for Red. Some incredible merchandise and apparel uh, from t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, they've got pin badges and they've got mugs, incredible stuff, they've got a couple of new t-shirts uh, that have just got out celebrating Liverpool's win of the League Cup, I'm actually wearing one myself, it's become my brand new favourite t-shirt at the moment, uh, which looks at the nine League Cups that Liverpool have won, nine, that's the most anyone's ever won, uh, and there's another one called a Great Eleven uh, as well, which actually marks the penalty shootout uh, the, the, of the Cueven of the Kelleher final, uh, as it were, uh, and where all of the Liverpool's 11 penalties ended up um, inside the frame of the goal. Very good stuff, indeed. Cannot um, recommend their hoodies enough. It's like being constantly hugged by someone. Yeah, honestly, yeah. genuinely, like yeah. yeah, they've got the, the quality of this stuff is absolutely brilliant. So yeah, if you if you're into that kind of stuff and you want you want hoodies, we're heading towards spring, of course. But it means not that it's time to put your hoodies away. It's time to put your big coat away and go back to hoodies. Yeah. Mid-level clothing is what you're looking for <laughs> at this point. Uh, so there's a bunch of great hoodies and stuff available there just go to threadsforreds.com um, and yeah you can have a little look around and see if you can pick yourself up some boss Liverpool gear as well right sound um, let's uh, go to the trivia question that was how many times has Alexander Lacazette played against Liverpool how many goals he scored and how many games has he won does anyone want to have a little 7-1 and none ok ok Ian I would have said he hasn't won any games I can't remember him scoring against us either and Probably six. He has played twelve times against Liverpool. Yeah. yeah, I was quite surprised by how big a, how big a number that was. Going all the way back, say, not probably. Well, going probably. all the way back to uh, August twenty seventeen. I'm quite amazed that he's been, been there. exactly. Yeah, I, I was wow. shocked that he's been at Arsenal that long. He's played twelve times against us. He has won just once. That is the um, the aforementioned win in, in restarts. Okay. Of course, he was quite instrumental in that game. In fact, he scored. Um, we lost 2-1 at the Emirates for that one. And he scored a grand total of three goals oh, yeah. against Liverpool as well. Yeah, he scored uh, in the one-all draw in November 2018 at the Emirates. He scored in the 2-1 win at the Emirates in July 2020. Uh, and in their 3-1 defeat uh, at Anfield, uh, he scored in that game as well in September Bobby, 2020. Bobby Firmino stacks up against those stats. Probably much better. <laughs> I would My imagine. nostalgic brain thinks he scored like thirty-six goals. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm pretty, pretty sure. Uh, yeah, Bobby, I'm pretty. Yeah, Bobby's got fifty goals against Arsenal. I, I don't even need to fact check yeah, that. Yeah, I'm pretty right, certain yeah. that that is the case. Uh, right, sad. So yeah, as mentioned, we're going to presume that um, City have beaten Palace. We'll just work on this idea that it's a big win. It's going to be a big game for Liverpool, regardless. But the question for me, Ross, and therefore for you, hmm. um, Forest at the weekend. Yeah. Th- there's an opportunity to to make big changes to the side. I wonder. I can't see that, and, and I, I think we will go stronger than than people maybe think. But also, I'm not. I, I don't know anymore. Um, <laughs> I can't see there being loads of changes from the weekend no. because we that wasn't far off our best team. There's maybe a case for one or two. I think the only one that I think is nailed on to definitely come in is Thiago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, rest from the weekend, but I don't think Cater did anything wrong. But then she played Cater at the weekend, and you have to manage Thiago in, in that sense. Mm-hmm. Be like we used to do with, with, with Joe Matip. The only other one I think you can talk about is maybe Mo Salah, and that's not I would ro- rotate him, but obviously he goes off with a bit of a hamstring problem. We don't know the severity of that just yet. Yeah, but also it's it's this week's cup final. Like, you know, mm-hmm. do you just play him and say you're not playing Nottingham Forest? I highly doubt he's going to, to sit there in the biggest game of the season so far. And sit there and watch it because I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, Mohamed Salah's the big, the big doubt. Is him and Canate are the only two doubts that we're aware of, Ian. Um, and we don't, we're not one hundred percent clear on the Canate stuff because a lot of it was talk. It was co- COVID, it was COVID. Yeah. I know he's um, doing the press conferences from uh, from Anfield the past week or so. Yeah, they're back. Yeah. They're back to that again. But like, it was 
it's on injury rumours being a knock, and Salah's the is the obvious one. I think Salah will push himself through, and it's interesting. The cops post match he talked or I came. Mo says it's nothing, but of course. Mo will say it's nothing <laughs> because Mo wants to play every single game of football and he will push himself through. But I, I wonder whether this is one where it depends because you can nurse him through this because he's not going to play at the weekend. And then there's an international break and you've got, and it's whether you're weighing up the a, a balance here. I be, is, this the, is this the international break where they play Senegal for the in the World Cup qualifiers? Maybe someone watching at home can tell us that and a definitive answer to that. Um my point in this is that we might need to protect Mo Salah here from himself um, because there's no way he's going to choose to miss this game if he thinks he can get on the pitch. Well, we discussed it before on the, the Brighton final word and if it was my decision, which obviously is plainly not, I, I wouldn't play him because I just think you're putting at risk of putting him out for a good four or five cup finals then. I think, I think you've Got to say, listen, Mo, it's best for you just to sit. Maybe Klopp could have a work with the medical team and say, listen, lads, you need to go and have a work with him. He's he's fighting to go Wednesday and I don't want him to go because we've got a lot more games coming up. Um, I know Arsenal are a big team and I know Arsenal are, like we're saying, how good they are and it's a massive game for us, but we aren't the Liverpool squad that we were 18 months ago, two years ago. We've, mm-hmm. got, we've got people who can come in and we proved that through January while he was at AFCON that we can we can get by without him for a game or two. Yeah. So I'd be saying, just sit this one out and sit Forrest out. It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, again, I, I can't see a world where you don't just... And literally, unless he's physically incapable, Yeah. whether you ask him to, because it's it's mad. Because I, I think we're in danger, and none of us have said this, by the way, but I, I can see this conversation progressing yeah. of the bits around the contract stuff in the last week or two. I think Mo will want to be, be out there just to continue to prove yeah, yeah. points. There was a little part of me that almost went, we've got a great deal of good options, but here's forever the problem with this, Ross. We have, you could start Diogo Jota, you could start Roberto Firmino, you could put Mane over to the right-hand side, you keep Diaz on the left-hand side. There's a ton of, of options there in absence of Salah, and we did cope really well with him at AFCON, but we had to cope without, without him at AFCON. You would never knowingly choose to not have the best player in the world in a massive game of football like this. No. And it's dangerous to think that we'll, we are, that we will be we will be fine, yeah. and we would be fine, and we've got the, we're the best chance of being fine, but nobody's Mo Salah. No, but you're in a situation where you've got the luxury of being able to change those plays and not you're not pressurising yourself to the point of last season of you're just going to have to play because there's no yes. one else. Jota and Bobby are two world-class footballers that are willing to either take his place or, to, or take it one on the sheet and then maybe move Manny to the right and Diaz is there and that was the benefit of, of you know, the AFCON stuff. Well, Diaz has hit the ground running. He's like, There's no pressure. I think Jota was injured at that point. We don't need to. You don't need to rush him back. You, you've got an option there. Yeah. Why would you do it? Why would you cut your nose off to spite your face? But it's it's hard because, like you said, it's not the physical cut your nose off to spite your face. Is what you're doing to Mo Salah's mentality by mm-hmm. saying you need to rest. And yeah. is he going to sit there and dwell on the situation, or are Liverpool then going to worry of going over? Oh, we upset him. We pissed him off. What's his What's his agent going to tweet this week? Yeah. And you shouldn't do. I think that. Yeah. Klopp will. And I think that's. I think that's. That's like that. You just literally just described anxiety there. <laughs> um, like I just watched that all happen in real in real time. Yeah. This is what a panic attack looks like, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah, I, that, I'm all right. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we will be. I'm certain. But the thing about the thing about Salah for me, and again, it should, hopefully he's fine. Hopefully it, it, it is nothing. Liverpool don't need to risk him because to the point. It's not just actually because it's not just for the running. This happens to footballers, and, and this is where we this is where we killed Torres off, and you know, and we and and you know, and, and ultimately Steven Gerrard and a bunch of other players, and Michael Owen certainly is. I don't want us to be sat here. Let's say we let's say Liverpool finally lament and and pay Salah and they, they agree a contract thing, and then he does end up the worst case scenario where you know two years later and he's barely getting on the pitch because he's got a bunch of injuries, and then you trace it all back and it comes back to this game at the Emirates where Liverpool should have just said, "Actually, no, mate, yeah. you're not playing. You need to make sure that you're you're, you're resting because we're not. Yeah, it's not just ten more games. It's it's. Yeah, but if you if you want a five year contract, yeah. then we want to make sure that we've still got a most salary available. And I this is also what anxiety sounds like, <laughs> by the way. But yeah, it's an, it's. We're in a merciful position where we can say, I would, if he's not 100%, put him on the yeah. bench. 
Put him on yeah. the bench. And that's, that's not a bad thing either because no. then you've got to wound up Mo Salah wants to come off the yes. bench and then score. It's only a bad decision if he gets a you know, recurring injury or we lose the game and we'll be sat here on Thursday going, we should have played for Mo Salah because that's the way that the world and works. We, and we shouldn't have to think about the international break thingy because I, I, he's not going to play at the weekend. He just he just no. won't regardless. Um, but I, yeah, it was, I've confirmed it. Yeah, so Egypt, Senegal, first, le- first leg of the World Cup qualifier is on Friday the 25th and then the second leg is on the 29th following on from that. So two huge games of football for both him and Mane to, to be fair in that and we might need to just and it, it's annoying because this is international football writ large we shouldn't have to factor those things in but we'd be stupid not to factor those but, things in but we need to because we we tend to look after our players better than the international teams do like if he goes to if he goes to play for Egypt then he's carrying a knock they won't, in a worse state, yeah, yeah, they won't wrap him in cotton exactly. wool like we do. Exactly. They'll go, go on, just play, you'll be fine. Yeah. And then if you feel anything, then we'll take it off. It's exactly, this, is not, this is not, done. Yeah, exactly. This is not like a group, a World Cup group game. This is do or die. The winning team will play in the World Cup and the losing team will not play in the World Cup. And again, Mo Salah, they're not going to go, Mo, I think, you know, you know, from their own <laughs> hopes. title race to do, Mo. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, no one, no one at Egypt is going to protect Mo from himself. Yeah. And it's whether Liverpool can do this. But again, Liverpool, will, should Liverpool undercut what they're doing? You know, is there a situation where you go, and this is not really what we want, but you do push them through this one? And then, yeah. what, he's not fit to go to there, but also we've had this world time and time, Naby Keita being a great example, where just seems to go away and he will play when he shouldn't be playing international football and comes back even worse. When he goes to international duty, he's still Liverpool's problems. And when he goes back from Egypt, he's not Egypt's problem anymore. Oh. Yeah, Just draining for what he can and a go. The bigger thing on this is it, is it opens up this giant can of worms of what do Liverpool do now in attack? I think we've been rotating the midfield quite nicely. Um reasonably so would also enter in a position where there's a couple of lads same conversations we were having pre-Brighton you know eased by most of the answers to these questions is you play them against Nottingham Forest at the weekend of course but Jota Jota needs to start game for Liverpool like and you know Mane's done a brilliant job I think coming in at centre forward and it's and I think we're I think we're managing Mane as well I think we're psychologically managing Sadio Mane because I think there would have been a temptation for him to drop out and not come back in again. It's a bit weird for me in that uh, if Jota doesn't start this and Mane does start it, when, again, Mane's got a big do or die set of games coming up in, in, a, in a couple of weeks' time, we've effectively... And, you know, if, if he's getting in ahead of Bobby and Jota, I don't know, it's... It, it's it's major man management going on behind the scenes is kind of what I'm yeah, alluding to. But, but what's happened with Mane is I think Mane mentally wasn't, I wonder, not really, I don't want to say either not a good place, but he didn't look himself on the pitch. Mm-hmm. The, the he, he looked like he was dealing with something. Since he's gone central and he's playing central, he's playing it really, really well. And he, he, he I'd be worried taking him out right now because he's got momentum and when someone's got momentum and you take them away, that momentum doesn't always kick on when you bring them back. Yeah. So right now I'd be I'd be saying, listen, man, you you play if you're gonna rest them for the game, rest them for the forest game. Yeah. Just keep him just keep him in there for playing that centre role and keep him in doing it well because that's what he's doing. I'd I'd be a bit concerned about taking him out right now because Mane didn't have the best of seasons last season, but mm-hmm. right now he's Getting up a bit of pace, he's looking good in the pitch, and let's keep him going that way. Yeah, I, I use the phrase "it changes because of the rest for Manny yeah. going up from the left and into the middle." And I think he seems to be enjoying himself, but he's also been helped with the fact that Diaz has hit the ground running. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see whether he gets assessed after getting crafty kick chopped, cleaned out at, at the weekend. And maybe I know, so he's having a stroll around Liverpool yesterday, actually. So he he, he must be all right. But I, I personally wouldn't drop him because I think he's our best player at the minute. Yeah, and he's, he's in incredible form. But they just, if you're going to swap someone out. Is it him or just let's say do you rest Salah? Manny then goes to the right, another change, and then you bring one of the other two out in. Yeah, and I think Salah will will e- no Salah will ease this conversation a little bit, but it's it, for me it's Jota. I just you know he's and I, I think we're being careful with him. You know he obviously had his injury and he and he we don't want to run him into the ground as well for as much as we're having these conversations around Salah and Mane. He once he came back from that injury last season he. We didn't quite get him, you know. He goes out again for the back end of the campaign, doesn't he? And we need to be careful. Obviously, starts into Milan, 
But other than that, you know, he doesn't start the final because of injury. Having missed the Norwich and the Leeds games, he's only a substitute and he comes on right wing at West Ham for like 11 minutes and he comes on again a sort of as a late substitute at the, at the weekend as well. I don't know whether you need, we might need to be this one where, let's say Salah's fit, I wonder whether I'd say to Diaz, you've done really well here, mate, but we're going to bring Jota back in on that left-hand side. And then... That's just squad management, isn't it? You know, you just you you you're sharing the the minutes around a, a, a bit, and hopefully that kickstarts Jota because I think he's one now. Again, it's going under the radar. He could probably do with a goal. He could yeah. do with just yeah. getting back into the swing of things for Liverpool because it does feel like, through no fault of his own, maybe he's just slipped a little bit down the pecking order. But of course, this is the problem that we're going to have now, though, because if they don't perform, there's just there's now two lads that are going to take your place that are that are, that are world class players. But also, I'd rather be making changes for rotations purposes, not for form purposes. Like if someone's been crap and, you, and you're being dropped, as everyone seems to say when the team news comes out, you're being rotated because you need to be managed. There's okay, there's an international break coming up, but it's about long. It's about the long game, isn't it? In the back end of the season, the business end of the season, making sure those five players up top are in the best condition as possible. Yeah. That means they, they're being rotated for a game. It's not, it's not a bad thing. He's, yeah. Like you said, it's, it's the management side of it. Yeah. I'd, I'd argue for, for Bobby Firmino. Like he's falling even further down the pecking order since those lads are coming. But you need someone who's going to sit on Jack, who's going to sit on Thomas Party and, and take the ball off him and graft, you know, and, and stop Arsenal from constructing attacks. Well, I've actually enjoyed how Mane's done that. I think yeah. he, was, he was brilliant at that. And, at yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and to be fair, Jota's yeah. great at that kind yeah. of stuff as well. But you're right, I, I feel like in a, no, in a normal world, Firmino probably comes back in for this game, but having not played, yeah. it looks, there's a few players there that you're just like, he's Defo starting Forest, and you work back. So it's like, I, looking at it, Firmino definitely starts Forest. Oxford chamberlain probably de- almost certainly starts it. Harvey Elliott almost certainly starts it. And then... Tacky, yeah, Tacky, yeah. probably Divock Origi, maybe. Nah, all right. Yeah. Exactly, uh, and then we'll, we'll sort of see. Hey guys, it's Steve here. Hopefully, you are enjoying this podcast. Just want to let you guys know if you want even more Red Men TV goodness in your ears. Every single show that we produce over on our subscription service, Red Men Plus, also comes in podcast format. So you can get all of our amazing content on the go. Hopefully, you enjoyed that one, and hopefully, you enjoyed the rest of this show. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Do check out the story of a crew streaming exclusively on Redmen Plus over the international break and beyond as well. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've said this a couple of times, but like genuinely, there's people who are kit people and they'll be like, oh my God, rubbing their hands together over that one because getting it, the in-depth, how far he's gone into that story is incredible. But there's also people, if you just like documentaries and you like Liverpool documentaries, we've got tons of them on there anyway. But I think you'd be surprised. I think it was one of the points Steve made. I haven't watched it. He doesn't really care about football kits at all, but... It's a fascinating, it's such a niche little subject and it's amazing when you peel the layers back and the amount of people who Liverpool like 
talked to and 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 they got inspiration for, which then you know leads forward to the, the away kit that Liverpool have got this season. Some of the risks have been taken. Yeah, really, Jay's passion really, for that kit is unrivaled. And yes. You can see <laughs> the work that he's put into it and how much he loves it has come out in that in that documentary. But yeah, really. completely, completely. So yeah, do check that one out. Right, sounds. Um, right, if you're watching live and you want to get some comments and thoughts in on anything, do it now. I'm going to read through uh, the comments uh, in a, in, a, in a moment. We're going to do. The current fixtures still to be played this midweek. Again, overlooking Monday as best we possibly can. Um, Brighton Tottenham uh, is another Wednesday game. Um, we then obviously wear quarter past eight kickoff, which I didn't realise, which is really annoying. Couldn't that just be eight or quarter to you, gang of pricks? Um, and then Thursday, Everton versus Newcastle. Ian Young. Um, the Ev, I mean, look, they're at home, but also they were at home at the weekend. Um, if they don't get something from that game, they're in deep, deep shit. They're in deep, deep shit anyway, because yeah. because they're not getting points. It's all right saying they're not winning games, but they're not getting points. They're not drawing games either, which yeah. is which is the biggest concern for me. And when I watched for when I watched the Spurs v Everton game a couple of weeks ago, it was it's like Memphis was. It was like it, it, it was wasn't great to watch as an Everton. If you're an Everton, because obviously I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they need to start picking up points quick. Not necessarily wins. You just need to start picking up some sort of points. Anything. Anything yeah. right now. Well, that the confidence I, is the one for them. Yeah. Because I, I think Newcastle, from what I've seen, were quite unlucky against Chelsea in the game for obviously 89 minutes. I think they scored. Should have had a penalty and they didn't. Yeah. Their form, you know, the past four or five weeks has been incredible. I think you might feel a bit aggrieved. So you're then facing a Newcastle that are, you know, on, on the backlash. Yeah. And, and, and I think you can safely say you're out of the relegation fight yeah. as, as it stands. So they're going to want three points just to make sure that they're safe. The thing about Everton, because you're dead right, what you were saying there, you know, looking at them, they've won six, drawn four, lost 16. The only difference, and they've got 20, they've got 22 points, look, Watford's difference there. They've lost three more games. Never. They've they've won the same amount. They've drawn the same amount. Um, Do you know the team that they beat? Leeds. Leeds, yeah. But the point is, what I'm driving at here is Everton have got three games in hand over Watford, so theoretically Everton should be absolutely laughing here. But the point is that that 16 defeats and the 19 defeats, which is the two different difference, is that Everton could quite easily just be sat there on... They could lose. They could easily lose those three games in hands, and that's that's. And the Burnley thing. could win theirs. Yeah, it could be. It could be a case of they could. Lose, they're just three more games to lose, which makes your goal difference worse. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, and that's it. The moment, and that's the, that's a really good point because yeah, they've got a better difference. They've got like a seven better goal difference than Watford, but they've played three less games of football. All of a sudden, you know, got a few, a few, a couple of twos and a, th- and a three, and you're in, you're in massive, massive, I, yeah, massive trouble. I think they've been hanging their hat on the home form, which to Ian's point before, you know, you're playing Wolves at home, you are, you know, a, a difficult side, and you then lose at home, and then you, you know. Where's the hope going? You know, any any bit of drain of hope that they've got, and then they're getting more abuse from the fans after the game and stuff. It's just the Everton and Newcastle at the minute are just poles apart. Yeah, I know it's funny that, isn't it? It's mad how like, but no, no, but it's, it's crazy. You know, it's 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 bar. I mean, I do, I, I can't. Have, I've said this before. And I'm not I'm no great. I'm no great Everton fan, but I also like do don't I feel sorry for some of the people who, who I, I like who, who support them it's a crazy crazy situation right sounds um, I ask people for comments and what have you I'll have a look at our uh, Club Legend Discord chat if you're a Club Legend subscriber on Redman Plus you get access to this chat um, I Dad says I can't be alone in thinking if we win this the title is on it's our biggest challenge bar the City game that's a that's a reasonable shout, I guess. There, she said red. Of course, of course. If you listen to this after the fact, I'll mention it one more time. We don't know if Palace did anything against City. We're going to presume not. Uh, Palace win, we win, and we're top of the table going into April. I hope this is foreshadowing. I hope he's done a really good thing. He said had to manifest that into the universe. Sometimes you've got to do those things. Definitely. Um, I dad uh, says I keep thinking about the phrase Liverpool is inevitable that Edel said a while back beat Arsenal and surely City's heads start being haunted by these words too uh, Gavred says Pep says Liverpool are pain in the ass game at a time cup final mentality grinded out they'll feel pressure um, yeah I think that's really a really interesting point um, Matty Cater saying as improved as Arsenal are at the minute and how well they are playing going toe to toe with us I only see one result I don't see them having the discipline and stamina to keep up with us for 90 minutes I mean, the only thing that Arsenal have got, one of the many things Arsenal have going for them, but one example of which is they're out of the cups, domestic cups now as well. So literally, it's just a straight ball. 
yeah, straight burn on the on the league. So I don't see this being. I think this is going to be a this is going to be a, a, a horrible game of football in, in potential. God God knows. Hopefully I'm wrong and hopefully people we'll just cruise it. Of course, but yeah, that's a, a that's a big a big one this midweek. Be interesting actually. You speak to Robbie later. Is, is you know. And obviously wins a good result, but is a draw for Arsenal a good result considering they've got games in hand? Like, do they need to go all out for this game? Yeah. You're, you're going to be stupid to just drop it. And you're crushing, you know, the, the consistent run that they're on. The thing is, though... I don't they, think Arsenal have to play that way, do yeah, you? Yeah, and also, to be fair, because, I, I, yeah, I think if it ends up a draw, they can say that's a good yeah, result of course, because yeah, of yeah, that. Yeah, they won't go into it. But to the yeah. point, I think this, it's, not, it's not a free hit as such. But there's a great thing there. They go all out at us, toe for toe. No one's expecting them to be on our level. And if they don't, if they don't get pasted, then they get to walk away. Go, wow! Look what we were capable of doing. It's a, it's a, there's a real like opportunity. Exactly, yeah, there's yeah. a real opportunity. I think, and more more than that, for Arteta to kind of give a real morale boost to the side there. Because even you know, if they land a blow and they ultimately don't come out on top, he, he, he will be prepared to say, look, we're supposedly miles away. This is one of the best teams in Europe and we've managed to... Look, look, look at all the good things you did against Liverpool. Yeah. That's what he's playing for here. Yeah. And obviously three points, of course, but yeah. Um, if Man City beat Crystal Palace... Uh, sorry, Crystal Palace beat Man City and we beat Arsenal, I can guarantee I'm not going to bed on Wednesday night. Yeah. Because we'll be staring at the table. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's going to be a, it, that. Well, yeah, that'll be the next level of stress for us to all, to all <laughs> exist in. But yeah, I mean that that's the worst thing. Is that, again, it's actually pressure on Liverpool as much as we're talking about putting pressure on Manchester City. If City were to drop points on on Monday night, that is a whole nother kettle of fish. This game all of a sudden because we're going. Oh, you're closing the gap on City, and how are they going to deal with it? All of a sudden, we've got to go to the Emirates, knowing that a win would put Liverpool into a in, you know into a boss position. So yeah, we have to be. Yeah, it works both ways is what I'm driving at there. Uh, Brad Murphy's joined us as a first teamer here on YouTube. Thank you so much uh, for joining on YouTube membership. Um, really good stuff. Uh, Tom Chandler sent a super chat in for 179. Thank you, Tom. I uh, hope Diogo keeps up his good record versus Arsenal. And that's another one in absence of Firmino. There's something to getting Diogo in, in, into this game for that certainly um, I said I just think he needs a goal you know I think in terms of the psychological boost I think Mane's played himself into form Diaz is flying Salah's Salah yeah, yeah anyway we need to do our 11s What's, um, what are you going for Ross I don't know whether to just go with the same 11 because I don't think anyone's done anything to warrant being changed to be honest the but same I, 11 so yeah. Naby Keita yeah, because I don't think they've done anything. Don't think they've done anything wrong. But also, there's the the fitness side of things. So, just to the top, what we're talking about before, I think the only one change that I potentially would make is Thiago for Cater. Yeah. Um, and the other one is possibly Jota or Bobby for Manny. But I don't think that necessarily has to be at the start of the game. I think I'd be quite happy if they came on as a substitute. Yeah. And then you need to take your Manny off. Like, what are you going for? I'm going to go back on what I said before on the, on the Brighton show because I said that Naby Keita and Henderson was our Premier League midfield. I'm going to go with Ross and I think Thiago's going to come in because I think our midfield will, let, will need to scrap less mm-hmm. against Arsenal than what they did against Brighton and we need a bit more, I keep saying, using the word, but a bit more creativity and finesse mm-hmm. against Arsenal so Thiago's perfect for that. Um, if Salah's not fit, um, I'd just bring um, Giotta in, straight swap. Just put it on the right hand side. Yeah. It's an interesting one. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think Thiago comes in because I think this is what you've bought Thiago for. You know, to go and just run midfield in big games of football. So keep Fabinho. I'll turn in Jacker there. inside out and get him sent well, off. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You know. For, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's right. Yeah. Um, the only one, if if Canate was just a nothing injury, or if he was symptomless with COVID and he's fine. Then I might be tempted to put him in just because Matip's played a lot of footy and you just keep an eye on him, perhaps. Although I'd made the case a week ago that I'd have played Canati at the weekend because I wanted Matip to play this one because I think, yes, Canati's got the greater recovery pace and he's more, obviously, I think he's a bit more physical. Being able to catch Arsenal with that with a perfect offside trap, I think you're increasing that chances with Matip in the team. So the game experience with Matip as well. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think I think we keep the same obviously the same goalie, I think the same back four as the weekend. I think Thiago comes in for Cater. And then I think he'll probably stick with Diaz, Mane and Salah if Salah's fit. Although I would drop Diaz out and I would have Jota, Mane and Salah. 
And if Salah's out, I think it might just be as simple as you write. I think Jota maybe just comes in, comes in for him. But then I've, there's a case that Dio moved Mane over and put Jota centre forward. But then I'll let Arsenal's uh, team stress about what <laughs> we're doing in that one. Uh, but yeah, let us know your 11s in the. Uh, in, it's just yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, if you want to keep up to date with um, everything that's happened around the football club as well, we've now got all Liverpool's pre and post match press conferences available for free on our YouTube and uh, on podcasting free podcasting services as well uh, I think it's quarter to six tomorrow I believe is Klopp's press conference so yeah that will be up shortly afterwards uh, on the YouTube channel and beyond as well so make sure you check that out uh, let's have a score prediction Ross 1-0 Liverpool 2-1 Liverpool okay sounds yeah 2-0 Liverpool goal either half Arsenal to give us a few problems. I, my, my one prediction for this is Arsenal have at least two goals disallowed because of offside <laughs> and everyone feels like Arsenal... Are, I, I, this is going to be, I think, a bit like Inter Milan away where everyone feels, like comes away feeling like Arteta had this tactical masterclass over Klopp but they probably, in the balance of things, maybe only have like one shot on target because all their efforts are all technically <laughs> offside. Yeah. I'll take that. What do you have for an Andy Robertson goal as well? Have that little, that little nugget. Yeah. Go ahead. Nuts. You were doing so yeah. Yeah. Like, on the pitch. So, well. <laughs> so sensible up to a point. Uh, yeah, great. Right, yeah, as mentioned, loads more to come from us. Do check out threadsforreds.com if you want some Boss Liverpool gear. If you want more great content from us as well, or you just want to support what we do here for free, on Spotify, iTunes and YouTube, etc. Then do consider joining up to Redmen Plus. Head over to the RedmenTV.com and sign up. Two tiers. There's one that just gets you all the content, uh, which is Club Captain, and there's Club Legend, which gets you all the content, plus our Discord group and free merchandise and loads of nice little extra perks and that kind of stuff, which is a bit more like Patreon uh, and what we do, but it's ours, we own it, so we don't have another company take a massive chunk out of it. Um, and yeah, make sure you're geared up for a crew, the crew story, game changer. Go back to kill an international break by what? Watching all our documentaries. Exactly, loads of our stuff there to keep you occupied. Anyway, thanks, Ross. Thank you, Ian. And thank you, guys, who've joined us live. You're all amazing. Have a boss week. Uh, and yeah, we'll see you back for the watch along on Wednesday night. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.